This is a Solitaire Media original podcast. Hello. Welcome to the Galway podcast. This is Fender Jackson. We are continuing the series in clubs this week. Last week we had Niall McGahan on. Niall is the general manager for the Galway Golf Club. This week I am thrilled to have Gay Keevney on from the Galway Bridge Club. Gay has encyclopedic knowledge when it comes to the rules of bridge and he is very well respected, not only within Galway but also on the whole island of Ireland because Gay's been a grandmaster for years and years and years. So yes, it's a real honour to have him on the podcast this week. To find out more information, you can go to bridgewebs.com slash Galway. Let's go straight to that chat. Band, at your earliest convenience, please would you draw the musical entertainment to a close. Thank you very much. This is the Galway Podcast. Hello. Who are you and what do you do? Gay Keevney. I'm, I play bridge, but I'm a retired chemistry lecturer and retired about four years now. And um, I play bridge at international level and I travel for it a few times a year. And um, I also play in the club once a week because I think it's important to encourage other people to play in the club. So, um, and they can play at every level can play in the club. So it's, it's bridge is not just for experts or beginners. It's the whole spectrum of um, every level of player can find a game and also every age. People are under the impression that it's just for elderly, but um, it's also for young people. And there are competitions at international level for under 21, under 25, under 23. And in at international competitions, you'll see that um, it's every age group there and a lot of young people play in particularly in countries across Europe. First of all, Gay, thank you for coming in today. I'm grateful of your time. And yeah, you've probably hit a, a lot of things that we're going to cover in greater detail. Um, you mentioned there, for example, that you're a chemistry uh, lecturer and you also uh, play bridge. So it's actually the reason of the bridge club that you're here today. So we're going to deep dive into that. Okay. First of all, what is your role in the bridge club? Well, I act as tournament director in the club on a Monday night, which I run. So I run all the competitions and um, I, I'm also one of the directors of Galway Bridge Centre, which opened in 1983 in what was many years ago, a factory for making braces for people. And um, then it braces as in braces to hold up your pants. Okay, yes. not doesn't uh, keep yeah. your teeth straight. <laughs> and um, then it was taken over by a group of solicitors, and they were breaking up into into a new into separate um, businesses. I think so. We we bought it in nineteen eighty three. It opened. Um, so it's so just over forty years. Can um, I ask how much you bought it for? I think it was about just under two hundred thousand, in around two hundred. I can't remember the exact figure. And, and you had this money in the no, bank? Yeah, we didn't have the money, but we asked players to become life members at for 200 euro. And people who couldn't afford 200 euro, we arranged loans from them from AIB Bank. And um, they took some people took out a loan to pay back, I think, over three years um, 
to pay their life membership. Now, if they still didn't want to become a life member, they now become, they became annual members at a lower rate and they pay that every year, any non-life member. And how many members? I'm trying to crunch the numbers here. How, how many? Well, we had, when we opened up, we had something like 750 life members. And then we would have somewhere between up around maybe 100 to 120 annual members. That varies from year to year, um, the numbers. into that. Now, the numbers have dropped since COVID, um, as it has right across the world. Though it's not, the drop in numbers isn't as big internationally. Uh, I've played in competitions on a few in the last year and there were, you know, there were big numbers playing and well organised too. It's amazing. The competitions are now amazing. So that was a very, very clever move. So 750 people contributed 200 euros each. Yeah. Or pounds each actually is punt back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, so you're, you had a shortfall of 250 uh, times 200 to make up. Yeah. Uh, so that's more manageable. We got, we got out a bank loan. Mm. And every all the old clubs in Galway that were playing in hotels, that was one of the re- prime reasons we set it up, was because a hotel might have a wedding on a night and now the bridge club couldn't play. Mm. So that their club game that week had to be cancelled. Mm-hmm. So that happened, that was happening right across the city because uh, that's the way things were in those days. And um, so as a result, we now had, we, we set up, there was a barnish with a club licence, and um, which there still is, but we have, given up the license for the moment because people don't drink as much on account of drink driving so but the bar is still there for coffee um so which is a, a good facility to have and it could always be reignited back if mm. if things changed again and i think numbers numbers are actually beginning to creep up again i, I saw people now in the last few weeks playing it was the first time playing live since covid mm. they just people have a mental block about covid so um and as we're all well vaccinated, so mm. um, people shouldn't have any fear, I think, about it. So it, I think it will go, go, it, it will increase, but we need to have more classes to encourage people back in. Whose idea was it to um, ask the members for 200 euro or 200 pounds each? Well, there was kind of a, a group of people got together first and then we held a public meeting of all the members and we elected a committee and... And there was a public meeting and that that was what was decided at the public meeting. Now, there was some opposition to to it. People want, some people wanted to stay at hotels and they didn't want to pay 200 euro. And there were a few people who didn't join, which um, the numbers were small. Mm -hmm. And when the building opened, then there was an avalanche of those who were against it um, to join up, you know. And as a result, our loan size decreased. I think our loan was around... 60 or 70,000, that's what we ended up paying after renovating the building. Wow. And we also put in a car park across the road in St. Mary's College, which we paid for. We paid for that car park that's inside the gate there, St. Mary's College, and our members could use that then. And do you still own that car park? We, we don't, we didn't own it. We didn't own it even though we put it in. And now we have to pay a fee to the diocese. And that, that happened in the last year. But we came to an agreement that we pay something like, I think, somewhere around 1,500 or 2,000, I can't remember the exact figure, mm. per year to, so that our members can use that at night. It's all very fascinating. I love that. Um, it's a real community spirit, real people working together for the betterment of society, improving everything. Yes, around. in the sense, too, that there were different clubs mm. and there were people... The, the British Centre Committee was made up of people from different clubs so that um, uh, we, all, we all worked together in effect. Sure, it, it wouldn't have happened if, if people didn't 
and there were good people, you know, on the committee that um, gave a lot of their time um, to for organising things like, you know, getting the club licence and we had a good solicitor as well, so that, that also helped. Great. So how did you get involved in the club? Bridge, I started in Bridge in 1971, second year in college. I had a first cousin who was very good, a good few years older than me who played for Ireland and on my dad's side and on my mother's side, I had a first cousin who was in Northern Ireland, but he was actually from the South. So he he played for Northern Ireland. And, and when I was on holidays up there in the summer, um, he actually taught me how to play, the, the start of me playing. And then when I went back to college in the autumn, I, re- I joined the club in uh, university. And it was a very strong club. There was, there was a lot of very good players in it. So it was easy to learn then because, you know, like in any sport, when you play against good people, you pick up tips from the table. Do you um, consider it as a sport or a game? And what's the difference? Um, well, I consider it as a sport. A, a sport, in effect, because as I said to you, um, if you're fit, it helps, right? And because um, you need concentration. And concentration is the biggest thing with it, you know, and um, again, as, as you know, um, if you're playing a top competition, you would, when you're, they don't give drinks, you can't drink alcohol now at the, at the table in international competition, but, um, you know, afterwards you might have a few drinks, okay, but it's good to come in uh, quite fish the next day because it helps, you, you do better as a result, you know, so. So you said that your tournament Director? Yeah, tournament director is correct, yeah. I'm a national tournament director too, but I don't, because I play, um, I rarely run um, major competitions now in in the country. And um, I, w- I would also give classes in the sense I give a, I have a seminar now coming up in Donegal in their con- Bridge Congress in the start of November, um, which I have done every year for quite a number of years. Basically, I play in the competition on Friday night with a, an elderly solicitor from Northern Ireland who is, you would be able to write a book after every session with him. He's such... What's he, his um, name? Um, Michael O'Kane. Oh, where's he from? Uh, Newry Direction, I'm not sure. Newry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, far enough from me. Oh, right. he's... Um, he's um, he, you literally could write a book playing with him and the, the, the words that come out come from his mouth at the table, you know, you couldn't but laugh, you know. Um, I, I'll just tell you a funny incident with him. I was in the middle of playing a hand and he was, there's a, when you're playing a hand, your partner's dummy. He's, your partner's cards are on the table. So he had no part to play in this hand now while I was playing the cards. And in the middle of it, he said, and she's suing him for 60,000, you know. And I kind of shook my head. I didn't know, what are you talking about? And I, in the middle of playing a hand, he was talking about a bridge player in Northern Ireland. Um, oh, sorry, it was he was suing her for 60,000 um, because they were divorcing. And and they remarried again after that. So um, that's the type of player I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, you, you really enjoy playing with somebody like that, you know, because yeah. it's entertaining as well as, you know, enjoyable, you know. It reminds you of that saying in Africa is through people that we become people. Yes. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And funny, you know, I, I learned so much about the game. I keep my eyes open at the table for conventions and things that players do abroad. And I would... Take, in, take on board useful, what I would call useful gadgets to use at the table in terms of technique, um, both in bidding, to see there's two halves to the game, bidding and playing. And um, I take them on board, you know, and that's how my game has developed. And I b- believe in simplicity. In what way? In simplicity. People have all, have all these conventions and conventions, you know, artificial bids. 
uh, to help their bidding. And to me, they're more of a hindrance because I see them going wrong. So if the, if they're misused, you really need to know. So si- play it simple is my view. And it doesn't wear you out then as well at the table. You're fresh um, for, 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 you have stamina then for, for, for each session. I mean, sessions could last, I suppose, maximum about three and a half hours. But, um, you know, of playing hands, playing and defending hands. Sounds like a good night's crack, three and a half hours. Oh, it is, yeah. Well, the club games now, we try to, yeah, three, three, three and a quarter hours if we can. You know, people like to get home, you know. We, we start usually around 7.30 now in the winter and we try to get well finished by 11, have the results. See, all the results are done by computer now and um, the hands are dealt by computer and um, all the bridge hands and we put the results up on the internet every night then um, so that they can, if they're gone home, they can look at where they finished once they can check it on their phone and their car going home even like you know um, because they go up instantly So what are the biggest challenges in your role as tournament director? Well the first thing is that I would always give the correct ruling by the rules you know what I mean and if I was in any way doubt I would ring another tournament director because I would never hate to make a I would actually hate to make a wrong decision mm. um, you know and not give the just ruling and if I found that I did make an error I would readjust the score immediately as to what I should have done. You know what I mean? You know, sometimes, I won't say confrontation happens at the table, but somebody does something which is wrong and then I come and I make the ruling and the player bidding proceeds um, following my ruling. And um, it's not penal or anything. Players automatically do it now because they want to do, most players want to do the right thing. And, you know, and they're correct because the game's played fairly then as a result. You don't get like a GA matches where they come on and deck you. No, um, what would happen? Um, no, n- do, do n- they say deck you down here? Do, do you know what that means? I do, of course, okay. decking. I do, of course. Okay. Yeah, no. Uh, but basically, what could happen if, if in a competition, if a director makes a decision, and if the players don't agree with the, some of the players, they can appeal the decision, and then there would be a tournament and play committee made up of players who are other players who are playing in the competition, and. Um, they will adjudicate then. And they're following their adjudication then, the, the players are told. And if they want to, they can appeal it further to a national tournament and play committee. But that rarely, rarely happens nowadays. But funny, last Saturday, I was watching the, the racing in, there was a great race meeting in Ascot and there was a national competition on Bridge Player which, tournament, which I wasn't playing in. I was sitting at home enjoying the racing. And next thing I got a text on my phone. What would I do on the following hand? It was from a, and I knew straight away what was going on. He didn't tell me the exact situation, but um, there was obviously some controversy over a hand and he was looking for my opinion of what I would have done in the hand. Was, was this from another tournament for, for, director? From a tournament director who was running a competition at that moment. The competition was so on. So he was, he was basically consulting you? you yeah, you yeah because he consulting. knew that I would give a fair ah, uh, judgment okay. on it. He has actually done that. He has actually contacted me a few times from, Euro- he's a European tournament director as well, oh. um, from European tournaments. And I would come up with my reasons. And a few times he's come back and said, oh, we hadn't thought of that. And they were amazed, like, and it, it swung what they were go- the decision they were going to make that was out in the European competition that I wasn't attending. Mm. You know, so they, they, he often contacts, he's Irish, but he's, he's based in Sligo, but he often um, texts me like that because he knows if I'm near the phone that I'll, I'll respond to it and give a fair, my fair, fair ruling. That I would, I'm based on my own judgment now. Do you want to mention his name? Fergal O'Boyle. Hello, Fergal. Mm. So uh, what gives you the most job satisfaction? 
running things properly and efficiently and fairly. Um, fair, absolutely, in all sports, I believe, I love to see fair judgments. Just for instance, I'm watching soccer there and that video ref and the decisions that referees make on soccer, sometimes I just shake my head and then look at the way rugby is run. You're talking about two different ball games. Rugby has run so well mm. and the players never question it. I know. They, they, I... They, they, they walk the line if they're told to walk and it's, there's never there's never a question about it. Everything has run so well there where, where soccer is, they really need to get their act together. What I really love about rugby is that there's two people who can talk to the ref. Yeah. You know, two players who can talk to the ref and they're, I think they're the captains. Um, why don't they run that across all this, all those gaming sports? I, I don't understand that. I yeah. just, I just don't know. I just don't know. And I mean, it, there, there was an incident a few weeks ago there where whatever the video ref said, the referee misheard and gave their incorrect decision as based on what the, the video ref said. Now, why that couldn't be changed, I don't know. Mm. But, um, I mean, it's it just that just shouldn't happen. And do you get challenged much upon your decisions? I don't actually, because people know that I'm fair. Mm, good. I don't, you know, um, and I and I know the game inside out. I mean, I'm playing it for so long, right? I'm a grandmaster, you know. Fifty-two I, years you're playing. It. Yeah, well, I suppose whatever. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even st- stop to think about that. But um, I would be the t- one of the highest ranked grandmasters in the country at it, you know, so. But I haven't played as much in the last few years because I just pulled back a little bit to do other things as well. What are those things? I like to go to the gym and I like to go out, socialise and live my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the Galway Bridge Centre specifically, yeah? Yeah. You said the history of the club is, uh, it started in 1983. Yeah, for, yeah, but, but there, all the clubs existed, as I said before that, in hotels. In hotels. Yeah. So, and then you acquired the current building, what year was that? It, it might have been mid-82 because it would have, then it had to be uh, renovated right. and it would have been 83 then when it opened. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, so where's it, where is it? It's in St. Mary's Road. Opposite, opposite St. Mary's Cottage on the other side of the road. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's between Thatch's Corner, Cook's Corner, as yeah. it was called. And I, I think of it as Thatch because of the Thatch Cottage. And, and, and Nylodge Corner. Yeah. Nylodge, as I would call it, in, I suppose, at the bottom of Taylor's Hill between the two two sets of traffic lights. Yeah. And it's on your left, going from going from um, Cook's Corner towards Salt Hill, it's on your left-hand side. Yeah. Right. And it's, after all, there's a row of houses in off the road and then it's just there on the, on the road, kind of, there's a small car park in front of it that takes about 20 cars yeah. in front of it. But our main car park then will be across the road in St. Mary's where the members can, the members can use that. And it's got a sign there uh, exp- uh, highlighting what, what it is. I, I, do you know, as often as I've gone in, yeah. I, I'm almost sure it has. I, I, I hope I'm not saying the wrong thing now, but I'm almost no, sure no, it has. It, it has, I, yeah. I know, because yeah. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a grandparent that you never met? Do you wonder what they were like? What type of life did they have? What type of person were they? How did they laugh? Both of my grandfathers had passed before I was born. So in 2006, when there was no signs of my children arriving anytime soon, I video interviewed both my parents. I asked them about their lives, the holidays they had, their parents, their grandparents. How did they meet? 
What did they do and what were they like? Where's their final resting place? Some time elapsed, my children did come along, and then my mother passed on, and yeah, sure I miss her, but I still have a video of her telling me about her life story. Now, I video interview other people's older relatives as a present for their loved ones. If you want me to capture your special memories, please get in touch at saltfulmedia.com. Thanks. This is the Galway Podcast. So, you, the current membership, you said, how many is that? Oh, the numbers have decreased. You know, I'm, I'm talking about players playing. See, there's, there's one other thing as well. There's a lot of morning games now as well, uh, where people... Uh, They'd all be retired, obviously, go in and play in the mornings and um, because obviously people who are working couldn't pl- play in the mornings. And um, so I'm not too sure about mornings. I think there are, there are clubs that say three or four mornings. I suppose the number of tables would vary from about 15 down to maybe seven or eight, I'd say. I'm just having a guess on that. And on the nights then, the clubs, um, on a Monday night there are two clubs Again, the numbers are down a lot since COVID. So you call them clubs? You don't yeah, call them they're, 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 they're clubs, yes, because yeah. they were there with the clubs pre-Bridge Centre. Right. And they've okay. kept their identity with their name still. Okay. You know, okay. and they then pay, out of their table money, they pay a certain amount of red to the Bridge Centre, which helps with the the um, the heating and the cost of heating and all of that sort of thing. And Tuesday, there would be two clubs. Wednesday, there would be two clubs. Thursday, there were two clubs. And there's none on a Friday night now. Friday night used to be the biggest... Bridge Club in Galway, I'm told, years ago. That was almost before I started. It was there, still there, but lifestyles changed. You know, people were doing things on Friday night, you know, whereas years ago, pre-television, there was no such thing. And um, uh, the the, the Bridge Club was the big thing on a Friday night, but that that club uh, folded up simply because people didn't go, like, to play Bridge on a Friday night. Do I think constant this change? Yeah. So, um, what are the benefits of being a member? Well, the benefits of being a member, I suppose the first thing is you get to know a lot of people, you're mixing with people, you're socialising. You see, a lot of people are still playing bridge on the internet now, but uh, post-COVID, and who didn't come back. I, well, a certain number are. And th- to me, they lose, um, they lose um, the social interaction of meeting. And and talking to people at the table, that's that's huge, you know, and that, that you meet people rather than isolate yourself sitting in a room, um, you know, looking at your computer all, all the time. I mean, that's just, you know, it's not my game anyway. And I actually rarely, I do play bridge on the internet because I'm forced to play certain competitions on the internet that people enter me into and that I agree to play with. And, but one thing that hits me at, on playing it on the internet is, there is cheating going on. Of course. And it immediately hits me in the face because I can spot it a mile away. And well, why? Cause it, cause because you... I have something that they do that is irrational and it works out, it's work, it was the right thing to do on that hand. And the only reason they're doing that is because they can see their partner's 13 cards, however they're doing it. Mm. Whether they have a second computer on with the, as a spectator and using some other name to hide that they're the same person are two people playing in the same room at home a husband and wife um, and they can be telling one another across the room what they ha- what cards they're holding mm-hmm. you know and I, I would say to myself why why would I be getting involved now it doesn't happen widely but it does happen mm-hmm. but I also believe in this there's an old saying a leopard doesn't change his spots mm-hmm. and um, I'll tell you about an instant on a second and um, 
So I feel if they're cheating online, that they're doing it to some degree back in, in real life, but not as easy to do it. It's funny, there was quite a number of, I won't say, fairly big number of international player, pairs and players banned in the last few years. And there was an Italian pair and, and they, were, they were famous. They were on a sponsor team. Mrs. Lavazza initially had, um, was a, a, a non-playing captain and because she loved bridge and they would have her as the non-playing captain of their team. And she would pay them all to be on the Lavazza team, representing Italy. And I remember playing an, inter- an international match against Italy and the, I was pl- declare I was playing the hand and a fella, a fella on my right-hand side came back a card I kind of, and I kind of jumped. I said, how did he find that card? And he found his partner with none of them. And what they were doing is, the, from the way they put their cards down on the table, um, they, knew, they were indicating something unusual that they had. And there were a few pairs caught at that around the around the um, around the world. I, I can't remember. There was another pair, but it was a couple of Israelis, I think, that exposed them. That um, the, I, I can't remember the nationality now of the pair in question. But um, they were they were outed and they were caught and they were ba- they got bans for a certain, quite a certain number of years. And there was a German. I'm I'm just trying to think off the top of my head now. And I think there was someone in there was a couple in the USA as well. So interna- I'm talking about international players now, mm. you know, and it was, quite, it was quite sophisticated, the techniques that they had. And it was, you see, 13 cards go down the table and they were putting the cards down. I know one of them was, there was an unusual distribution and he, he indicated something with his thumb on the table, the dummy player, because he, he saw the cards in, on his right hand side and his partner was playing the hand as to what to do. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it was, woo. You shake your head and just bleep and say, you'd want to be reading that signal right of, with the, the signal of his thumb. I wouldn't get yeah, it right yeah, anyway. Yeah. God almighty. <laughs> it reminds me of that story. Remember, who wants to be a millionaire? There's somebody in the audience coughing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Giving away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, a, on a much more sophisticated level. Yeah, now, I, mean, I, I remember, you know, there's illusionists who, uh, you know, he, he'd be blindfolded, blindfolded and then his assistant would say, tell me this, what do I have in my hand? And he would say, it's a watch. And then, what do I have in my hand now? It's a bracelet. And you worked out that it was the way the question was phrased. Yeah, and, and the tone that, of voice, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And, and they were able to decode yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Well, that's something similar now. Yeah. I mean, I, I filed that away in my head. I said nothing to anybody at the time, yeah. but I just thought it was unusual. I didn't think it was cheating at the time because it didn't, didn't occur to me. It wouldn't even have occurred to me that they were at it. And... It was only afterwards then when, when they were exposed that they were caught. Well, you know, Gay, I, I used to be a teacher. And uh, what I used to say to the children, you know, whenever they were cop- copying each other's homework, yeah. effectively cheating, I'd say the only person you're actually cheating on is yourself. Yeah. You know, like, what's the point of a false yes, glory? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But obviously, if you're doing that, it doesn't bother them. You know what I mean? That's the way yeah. they're made. You know, I suspect, you know, yeah. why else yeah. would you do it? Yeah. You know? So in order to become a member, what are the barriers to entry in terms of cost and time? Well, the time you need to go to bridge classes first, you know what I mean? And see, and you would need, I won't say... Whenever you say classes, is that where you sit down and learn? You, you sit, you go into people, people, you, for, see, there's two halves to the game. There's bidding and there's the playing of the cards. There's, there's, 
different bidding systems now, and there's wide variations in them. But if, first thing I would always teach a simple system for people to get started, and they can acquire more knowledge then as they as they be, you know as they're playing it a little bit longer, they can take other things on board, um, you know, to improve the improve the quality of their bidding to get to the get to the correct contract is the important thing. See, the, the thing is, it, there's an auction, and it's like in any auction, if you bid, you have to be able to pay. For an auction, you have to pay to pay the money for the for the item. The same thing in in bridge, whatever level you bid to, in, in the bidding. And there's see, there's two ga- two teams at the table: north, south, and east, west. North is playing with south. That's one pair, and east against the east west pair. And depending, you could have good cards or bad cards, but to get the maximum contract out of the cards that you actually have, you know, if you don't bid to the full value, then your score will not be good. You know, it's it's to get the full value out of the cards. So, in effect, the bidding system then, you learn the bidding. But it would, say, when I used to give beginners classes and at the start of, the, when the British Centre opened, I used to do it to build up the numbers. And we got big numbers then as a result. And um, I used to give ten, 12 classes of, of um, bidding. And I, after each class on a night, they would be then play four hands based on what I had already speaking about. We'd, we'd take a short coffee break and then the at second half, they'd play the hands. And that went on, you know, I, I, we progressed in over the 10, 10, 12 weeks. And after that, then I supervised them for the rest of the bridge season um, for them just playing and going around to the tables and help, help, helping them um, with, with hands. And I talk about hands then up on the board or whatever as the case may be, just to explain things that, um, that you know, where where there was difficulties, you know, expose the difficulties and tell them what was the correct correct thing to do. That and I, pres- I presume that's the way most people still who are doing the bridge classes there will will um, run them. For instance, now in Donegal, I run a seminar, and the way that's and this, and this is now being first Saturday in November. On the Friday night, we play the hands, and on the Saturday morning, then I go in to the room and whoever wants to come along, and they'll have questions on the hands from the night before, and I tell them. See, I, I, I'd have looked at the sheet with the hands then afterwards and just, I'd be file things in my head as to what I'll talk about. So that's, it's all off the cuff, but, uh, you know, people appreciate it. I always get big numbers come to it because they, they enjoy it and they, they pick up tips, you know, and if they want, I might have notes on something that I'll take their email and send them on to them afterwards, you know what I mean? So just because it's all helpful to improve the game. That's very helpful, obviously, yeah, thank you. So, but just to go back to the thing then, yeah. so after the classes then, you then, um, join, if you want to join the Bridge Centre. Now, there's a Bridge Centre fee, I think the fee is around €40 Euro a year, that's for the Bridge Centre, and then there would be a fee to whatever club that you join afterwards. Your table money is around €7, Euro, I think, that's the table money for, on, a, on a night, and that's all to pay for the heating. Every bit, every bit of that goes into the bridge centre. You know, there's so, nobody gaining any profit out of it. So, give me the figures again. So, forty for the for the one-off fee for for the bridge centre for the year. For that's for a yearly year. fee. Yeah. Now, I presume I'm not sure if we still life membership. I've forgotten that whether we still have life membership or and not. Then, and then, and then they need to join a club. A club. The club. The club fee then would be about. Things around 20, 25 euro, depending on the club. It varies between club, you know, from one club to another. So what happens if somebody's listening to this and they want to join, but they don't know which club to join? If they don't know which club? Well, first of all, the night that suits you. Oh, okay. You know, what I mean? you know which night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. you know, you decide. And um, then... And you can just rock I, up. And you can just walk up and they'll be only delighted to see you, come, mm. only delighted to see you coming in. Mm. You know, see, it, but whoever's doing the bridge, the beginner's 
bridge classes should direct them you know, to, to whichever club, you know what I mean? I, any of the clubs are suitable to be, in my view, I, you know what I mean? Just, I wouldn't say, because um, depending on, on uh, what, you know, they might, have, they might have one friend in there or something that they might like to join because there was a friend of theirs in a particular club. But if they didn't, you know, um, they could always contact me anyway. And uh, uh, how, how did they contact you? Well, I suppose my, my mobile number, can I, should I give it? I, I, I have no problem with giving it, yeah. Uh, or, or email addresses. Uh, oh, my, my email address is very simple. Gay Keeve, G-A-Y. G-A-Y. K-E-A-V. K-E-A-V. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Mobile number. I, I'm not I'm not sure if you want to put your mobile out. Um, it doesn't matter. My mobile number is in every second newspaper with okay, regard to bridge okay. competition, so I I know. Let's put it your Because some people, I'm just thinking some people mightn't have yeah. an email address or whatever. So, yeah. 086-381-89. Yeah. Yeah. Two, three. So that's uh, 086-381-8923. Yes. Great. Yeah. Okay, so um, we discussed the t- uh, the cost uh, and time. So uh, I'm still confused about the terminology. So an, uh, it's called a session? Yeah, a, se- a session. Yeah, a session. A session. Each night is a session. Okay. And it will be a single competition. Sometimes they might have a two-week competition, but that that that's only a couple of those in a year. So it's okay. it's just a single session usually, yeah. Okay. So, and each session would run, as you say, from about but, seven... But roughly three hours, three, three, three and a quarter hours, three and a half hours max yeah, usually. Yeah, Great stuff. So is there anything else we need to ter- talk about uh, barriers to entry? So is cost and time, anything else? No, but the thing is to... Uh, get 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 the classes, you know. Anyway, first, yeah. and as I am a firm believer um, in the easiest way to learn to play is play, yeah. because you learn so much by playing, you know. And li- p- people who are playing a, a while will give you tips. You know what I mean? You can ask for advice from th- those who you're playing against, and th- and they 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 should all help. You know, it's a bit it's a bit like a, playing a card game. I remember I was trying to explain Jack changes to my Chinese friend. Yeah, right. And between that person's poor English, my poor Chinese, I just thought, should we just play? You know, and yeah. and, and the, the, you know the person picked it up very quickly. You know. Yeah, yeah, right. How does the Galway Bridge Centre contribute to society? Well, I think it. First of all, it just provides a social outlet for people. You know, a place they can go meet people. People and play, and I presume everybody who plays enjoys playing the cards. And uh, just it's just particularly, I know there's quite a few play in the mornings. Now I've never played in the mornings, um, but except maybe if I, to, if I was playing in an international competition away, um, there might be a morning session. But um, <clears throat> but it's 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 a social outlet for most of them. But and that's why I'm kind of surprised that some certain people who I wouldn't have considered like were old, really old and infirm, haven't come back in the sense that, um, you know, it's, of course, that's an individual thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but to me, there would be, they're missing, it's lovely to meet people and, um, you know, and it does everybody good, mm. you know, everybody good yeah. to, to go out and, and talk, you know. And funny, since COVID, everybody was kind of supportive of everybody else coming, you know, when they came back because they were nervous coming back and uh, a lot of them. And um, it's just, and it took, you know, it, it was only gradual build up to the numbers that we have now, but we're still a long way short of what we actually had uh, before COVID. But 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 there are, there are people though now who have got too old maybe to come. I know there are people playing who are in their 90s on the internet. You know what I mean? So, and just, they don't, they obviously don't feel right to to go out or well enough to go out, um, 
But we have some members who would be in that, one or two near enough to that age age group. Uh, you know, I wouldn't pry as to what their age actually was, but they certainly can't be far off 90, some of them, mm-hmm. you know, which is, it's, 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 obviously it's, it's really good for the brain as well. Yes. You know, it's brain mental exercise, yeah. you know. And I mean, there's been a lot of emphasis on the older demographic. Um, but off my guy is asking you about, you know, what's the main message you want to get across? And you said, you know, to explain that bridge isn't just for older people. So, so what? The, there was, in fact, but just to maybe expand that further for years, but I haven't done it now in the last 10, 15 years, I started the bridge schools competition. Um, which so this playing bridge in secondary schools? Yes, secondary schools. And I organised that from Galway and teams came from all over the country. I suppose the maximum that we had when it was at its highest, we would have had 60, 70 teams from, and, but schools could send as many teams as they liked. So, um, you know, they used to come from Bangor, Coleraine, um, it was still the place beginning with a B in, in Northern Ireland, I've forgotten it. Ban, Ban, Banbridge, Banbridge. Not Belfast. No. Be, be, <laughs> we, had, we had Belfast, there was one, from, there was, yeah, of course there was a Belfast school, there was. Yeah, yeah. And Banbridge as well was another, uh-huh. another that came. And then there would be a lot from Limerick, some from Dublin, Clangos in, in Kildare, um, Newbridge, all those, I'm counting, and then we had a couple of schools from Galway played, you know what I mean? So it was it was highly successful and it encouraged a lot of people in who are, you know, are still playing now um, on, on a national level as now seniors. I mean, that's many years ago, hmm. you know. So there's a national tournament director who was actually a schools, um, who was who started from Clongos and he's a... He, he's one of the national tournament directors, you know, and he started for, literally from the school's bridge competition. You know? And is there younger people who play in Galway? There are some, but not anything like, you know, what, what, what there could be. If it, See, people, I think teachers may be a bit reluctant, because there are teachers who play bridge, you know, reluctant to, to give time to, and because maybe there's there so many other pressures to actually teach the classes in the schools. Because if, if that was done, then it would be a huge, um, and of course, they'd obviously need maybe an hour or two a week to, to, to put something into it, like, you know what I mean, and maybe do it at lunchtime to actually to train them. So there would be a certain amount of training, either that or it would be after school. And people probably are just so busy now if they're married and have to go home, you know, it's, um, it's not easy. At Salt Hill Media, we record the life stories of older people as a gift for their future generations. We appear to be the only organization on the island of Ireland providing this service. What does that look like? An older person sits and answers questions about their life stories. For instance, what were their holidays like as children? Where did their parents meet? And what were their jobs? Where's their final resting place? And what about their parents? and so on. This is a perfect gift for people who hit another milestone. For example, a retirement gift, entering a new decade, a significant wedding anniversary, or it could just be a regular gift. The clever thing about this is that it is a time capsule to be enjoyed for future generations to come. Some people say, But my life story is not that interesting. It is interesting to those who follow after you. 
Other people remark, I could do this myself. We say, and so you should. However, more often than not, these life stories do not get recorded. So we advise that you go to salthillmedia.com and book a recording session for three months time. If in three months time, your recording has not happened, then we will do that for you. Go to salthillmedia.com today to book your life recording. Thank you. This is the Galway Podcast. I see great parallels between bridge and chess. And why am I saying that? I'm saying it because, you know, it's a thinking game or it's a thinking sport. Yes. And therefore, the strategy and all the rest. And, it, it, you know, as you said at the start, which was if your body is healthy then and your mind's healthy, then you're in good shape. Yeah. So um, chess, my kids love chess. Absolutely adore it. And it's funny when they were talking about somebody playing a real strategic move it was just too strange, you know, that uh, you suspect there's cheating. My, my kid, he said... He comes up to me and says, um, I sacrificed the queen and then I got a forced checkmate. <laughs> okay, right? And, and he's, he's, well, he's just playing all the time, so he's, he's really uh, into it. So um, the other thought that's going through my mind is how things go in and out of fashion. So I remember I used to live in London. I remember when I was leaving London that there used to be knitting clubs that would pop up and the knitting clubs was full of these ladies who are mostly in their late 20s, early 30s. So they weren't married, but they were sort of warming up to that idea. But I'm flabbergasted to go on. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm saying is just um, things go in and out of fashion. So knitting, you wouldn't have thought. Why are you flabbergasted at somebody knitting? Because that, that I, yeah, I wouldn't have thought uh, people that young would be in a, they'd be more likely in a badminton club or something else rather than a knitting club. You know? Exactly, exactly. So my suspicion is that bridge is a fashion thing and it could come back into fashion again, but it certainly needs champions. It needs pioneers, to teachers to set yes. aside the time yes. To, to teach these kids yes. and younger people and then and then it'll thrive again. Yeah, I, well, you're dead right. I mm. couldn't agree more with you. Actually, I couldn't agree more with you. With slight difference between it and chess and chess, you know, I think if you go into a chess where the room where there are people playing chess, be quiet. But in Bridget might not be quiet, you know what I mean? Because people would be talking about the hands that was just finished and why did you why did you do, not do this? Why did you not do that? You know what I mean? That could be going on and then discussing other results on the on the sheet, you know, that are, are in the the see that can see the results on there's a little gizmo on the table which would have the results of the of the hand. So it, and there could be talking during the hand as well, talking about the weather or whatever. <laughs> I'd be talking, you know what I mean? So it would be more not there would be a greater noise level in Bridge than there would be in in um, in chess yeah also the other, the other thing that's gone through my mind is I used to work in a bingo hall in, in Wakefield in West Yorkshire and God, you've uh, got around <laughs> I've been around the, I've had a few corners that I've turned around um, but um, and the, the bingo hall was a very social experience and you had you know people who are middle aged plus who'd go to the bingo hall but part of me used to feel really sad about working there because we were just basically sucking money out of people in a big way. You know, they were, of course, they were getting the social experience, but they were really losing their their savings, you know, because it's such an addictive 
game and and um, why would they buy they would buy multiple cars is it exactly yeah, yeah. No, and, okay. and, and, and it'd be in every night and be in there every day and all the rest not all of them but some of them uh whereas this i love this seven pound a session seven pound a night mm. or seven yeah, euros yeah yeah, yeah yeah so it's a lot better value for money and yeah. but whenever you're talking about you know you walk into a chess room it's quiet you walk into a bridge room i've walked in bridge rooms and it is party zone. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Same as the bingo hall. So yeah, you walk yeah. into the bingo hall and they're all talking. I suppose it wouldn't be quite as nice as the bingo hall, I would think. But, <laughs> but you know, certainly it's, it's, there would be far, far more activation going on, you know what I mean? Um, active movement and chatting in, than there would be in a chess hall, definitely. Mm. We're going to look at the future now. So I'm going to ask you, what are the plans for the Galway Bridge Centre for the short, medium and long term? Well, there are no, see, we, we gave in our bar licence and, okay, the, the majority wanted that just because of the cost, there was a certain cost every so it, year. So, remind me, it closed because of the COVID and the Yeah, it did, yeah, yeah, and then, and then you see, people weren't drinking that much, so yeah. that it wasn't financially viable. I I actually think that's a mistake myself. How, how much is the licence, you know? I think our fee was some, I can't remember the exact fee. We could be paying around two or three thousand a year. It was a club license, like, you know, and it wasn't for for public. You know, there wasn't that much drinking on it, you know, and then you'd have to pay or somebody would have to be be behind the bar in the night. And if you have small numbers, then that's not viable. I can see that. But I would hope that, you know, my only hope was that classes, and, and I suppose really I should myself go back and, uh, do a few sets of beginner classes and get people in, you know what I mean? Because I even actually wrote out a new set of notes compared to update the ones that I had initially. I, there's, my views changed on a certain thing, not major view changes, but just would would be a slightly better bidding system because my notes are the bidding system. And um, it's there's a few things I took on board myself over the last few years. And um, but from going around the world, see, seeing things that were being done and um, I incorporated those into beginners classes, but, but I haven't used them as such, but I have them on computer to, to use them if, if I, and I should really go back and do a set, few to, to get new members in. That's, now, there are some people doing it, but it's not, they're not major, there's not major um, effort being put into uh, doing classes. And that's, that's where we're falling down, definitely, you know. Um, so hopefully uh, it'll change. Maybe up to me, I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah. So uh, again, the future plan, so it'll be licensed, hopefully. Have you done any questionnaires to see if, if members actually want the bar back? No, we haven't. No, I, 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 I'd probably, I would say a lot of them probably wouldn't. Not the people that are there. You would want more young people in there, I think, for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And there aren't enough young people playing at the moment. There are some, but not enough. I, that, that's my view on that now. Yeah. So I know if you did that with the, with the members that are there, I suspect, you know, in the mornings, certainly wouldn't, they wouldn't be drinking. Well, yeah. I, well if yeah. they were, <laughs> you'd be questioning it. But um, so, where it's different now, like if you're abroad, abroad playing in a, in a, social, you know, there are there are bridge weeks, there are bridge holidays abroad, you know, where people go for a week and maybe they might have a drink, you know, when you're on holidays and you might have a drink at any time of the day, but um, that wouldn't happen. You know, it should be only night at night. They might have one or two drinks, you know what I mean? I know there were people who used to take a lot more when they get away with it, but anyway, so, um, but that day unfortunately is gone now, so. And so, yeah, so looking again to the future, license. The I, w- I would love to see the license back. Yeah. yeah, And I definitely, if we have bigger numbers, I think definitely we should uh, investigate and, and apply for it again. Mm. Definitely. If the bar is there, it's a fine bar. Yeah. 
And um, the bridge centre is it's in good shape. Oh, yeah, it's in very good shape. Yeah. It's in very good shape. Lovely and warm and lovely rooms. Yeah. There are big rooms. There are three decent sized playing rooms in it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and you have a you have a chairlift actually. There is a chairlift. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, yeah, so there's no um, physical. Yeah, there's, there's no need for what's the word uh, infrastructure to. Imp- no, no, because you can if there's somebody in a wheelchair that can be brought in around there's the door in the back, which is like without a step. You know, so they can, and they could, obviously have to play in the downstairs room, but but there is a club and a downstairs every night, Monday to Thursday, so, mm-hmm. so there's, there's no, no, nothing. And if, if needs be, say, a club could, could move downstairs and swap if there was, if somebody had a wheelchair, like, you know, that, that wouldn't be a major constraint. Yeah. Well, so Gay, what would you say is your biggest achievement? Ooh. In, in the world of bridge? Well, many years ago, I finished 12th in the European Pairs, um, playing with another chap who, who, is, who died quite young. And um, that, that was very good. And But most of the... I think the who, country, who is that chap? Paddy Walsh. His son, David, actually, is a very good bridge player. He, 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 he runs um, LabTech um, a, a computer shop in town. And um, he, he was very good. Paddy died young. And... Um, I was on the first Irish team that won the cameras that was on the home internationals and um, and most of the major competitions I play when it, the pair, if it's pairs I, I nearly always get to the semi-finals anyway of them you know what I mean and sometimes got to the final and um, and I suppose I was the highest I think there's another person higher now but uh, who would play a lot more than I do the highest ranked highest ranked Irish Grandmaster um, for a long time you know you were yeah yeah and um, but I think there is somebody higher now. As again, it's again a thing I don't study, to be honest. And um, so, and and I, you see, to become grandmasters, you have to win points and you have to play. So if I wasn't playing as much, then I wouldn't be winning as many points as you know that I could be winning. So but it doesn't bother me. Like I'm quite happy with my game. So and um, just and my biggest achievement, I suppose, then is that I've got to play with a lot of good players and get on well with all of them. You know, I would always, when I play in a competition, I always hope to be in the shaking of the bag, as I say, to be um, near, you know, involved in the finish of, of the tournament. It doesn't always happen, of course, but um, I I always go with that aim, you know, so. You strike me as somebody who's looking forward to the next game and not not uh, basking in the glory of your previous one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we've tried now at the weekend for the home internationals Um Again, I suppose I lost my um, drive to play in that a lot since, since I was on the team that won it first, you know. But um, and I'm looking forward to a week in Madeira playing in one. Uh, in I've never been in Madeira in in early oh, November. Oh, you've got the bridge. I think. In, in, yeah, and it's the bridge is only from four o'clock until about half seven, so it's a short. So you have all the morning up to four o'clock, and you have night after after seven thirty, like you know. So you got the morning to get over the night before. Oh, and, so and 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 I have, a, I have a good social week now, and hopefully in, in Madeira. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to. You know, it's to me that's part of the game too. You know, I mean, I, as much as I like to be good and to play competitively I still like to, to socialise as well you know what I mean and meet people and chat to people Excellent Excellent um, What message do you have for your members? Ooh mem- message from members just enjoy your game and be kind to your opponents and helpful to your opponents in the sense of not giving them tricks that they're not entitled to but, but just um, if you if you're no if you have more knowledge of the game than they have, then always make be 
uh, free to to give them, um, you know, don't hold back and give them suggestions as to how they might improve their game if they've made a serious mistake against you. I would always do that. I think that's important, you know, because it, if, if, if it cuts out that mistake, then it means that the standard of the game in the club is improving. Because if everybody picks up a tip, you know, maybe once in a blue moon or whatever, but but it, it all it all helps, you know, to improve the standard of the game if 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 people are helpful, you know. It's funny whenever I pick up my boy from chess club, mm. and I ask him, "Well, did you lose any games?" And he, whenever he says no, I just think, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> but whenever he says yes, I say, "Oh, great!" So. You were challenged, you know. Yeah. Right. You need to be challenged. Of course. And, and if you're playing your opponent and, as you say, if you don't make them aware, it means that, you know, there's no fun in that challenge. Yeah. Or less fun in that yeah, challenge. Because, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of Margaret Thatcher. However, one day she says, she says, look at the day whenever you've really been happy at the end of it. It's a day whenever you had everything to do and you got it done. And if you apply that to sport, it's like... Your best games are whenever you've been challenged. Absolutely, it brings the, out the best. I always feel I nearly play better abroad when I'm playing against good opponents because it brings out the best in me. I mm. concentrate, you know, really concentrate. Like you know, and um, I mean, playing was it last year? It was about this time last year in Poland. I was playing, and I got, you know, against world class players. We got some results. My God, I was kind of shaking my head in disbelief that that this could happen. You know, and. Um, and I'm still shaking my head when I think back on the hands. And um, but they were against world class opponents, so that they all make mistakes. Who would be very famous? Mm. I won't start talking about them now. But uh, I kind of shook my head in disbelief at what happened. To, what happened against me on the table? Mm. Uh, and I, if, if it happened to a club player, you'd be telling them what they did wrong. But of course, I wasn't going to open my mouth and play against <laughs> two internationals. You know, professionals. Mm. You know, professionals. I'm well known. Mm. I'm the, I'm, I really want to ask who they were, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> they were Norwegian. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sure people who uh, are listening who know the game will, will be able to join the dots. Well, they, well they, can, they can go online and start rooting and look, oh, looking through my results and okay. find... Yeah. <laughs> people, people do that you know they, yeah. absolutely everything is, everything is traceable now online you can get the results of any tournament yeah they call them they call them mouse droppings you know <laughs> the internet mouse droppings yeah. so um, I have two more questions number one what is your message to non-members don't have a fear of playing and um, that that bridge is too difficult for you because people think it's a very complicated game what, what is complicated is our is the bidding, and it's not really that it's complicated. It just it's like learning a new language in terms of to get to know certain rules. In terms of you see, there's forty points allocation in the pack for bidding, help you to bidding, and um, to be able to work out the rules. What should you bid with this point range? And it, that just takes a few weeks to to take that on board. But you, as I said to you, the more the more often, the more frequently you do it the better it just becomes second nature you won't even have to think about it so don't have that fear anybody can learn play, play bridge I can remember back thinking years now there was a couple of people I used to shake my head at in disbelief and just I said will they ever make it and they did and they went they came joined the club they weren't good players you know but they really enjoyed their game mm-hmm. you know at their own level mm-hmm. you know so so um, so don't have any fear uh, about about that you know nothing about cards you could that's easy acquire 
Yeah. So, so there's a level for everyone and there so is yeah, yeah you can yeah. play at your own level and, and just and you'll improve the more you play the more you improve mm. you can't beat playing at the table you cannot yeah my final question where were you a chemistry lecturer at um, what is now ATU what was GMIT what was Galway RTC as I always say there's still the same bodies well age wise now of course is inside the same four walls the name may change, but what's inside the door doesn't change. Yeah. You know, I'd, and I'd be blunt about that. Yeah. You know, I kind of, you know, I, I don't know what, what's the reasoning for it, but uh, I know you're they're kind of in under umbrella now with another couple of, co- couple of colleges, but um, still to me, it's the same place. You have fond you know. memories there? I do. Yeah. I was there lecturing for 41 years and um, I never missed a day, believe it or not, wow. even though, look, look, even though I'm a diabetic, um, but I enjoyed it. And um, funny, in my lectures, I always would have had a sense of humour and um, just, but sometimes you make, might make a smart comment and you would, know, you would see some, some of them smiling, but some of them wouldn't because they didn't get it. Mm. So, but I wasn't going to dwell on it. I just move on, you know what I mean? Just, yeah. uh, so I suppose maybe I had a slight touch of sarcasm, but I, I would be very supportive of all students because just you're there, you're paid to teach them and to be as helpful as you can to them. But at the same time, I would always have had a sense of humour. And that's, I have fond memories of it. Yes, absolutely. I enjoyed my work. Mm. I enjoyed you, my work. Did you try and bring bridge into the classroom? No, never. They wouldn't know the first thing about it that I played it. Really? They wouldn't have a clue. It was I, very that, separate. No, it was, yeah, well, I wouldn't bore them with, with something that, that, that they knew nothing about. Some of them might know, all right, but but I wouldn't know. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, even, even my own kids probably, it was hardly ever discussed at home. Yeah. None of them. None of the three of them play it. They're, none, they're, they're all. They're all working elsewhere now. Like you know what I mean. But none of them. But but they know a little bit about it. All right. And um, but just you know they all did their own thing. And yeah. I you know so. But they, they know exactly what, what what I can do. You know so. Brilliant. Okay. For further information, where should people go? What's the name of the website? Go to bridgewebs forward slash Galway, and in there you'll find the list of the clubs that are playing in the Bridge Centre, and you'll find. Um, any details that you want. But as, as I said previously, you have my email address as well if you ever want to contact me and my mobile number. Right. So I'm very easy about my, my mobile number yeah. um, being contacted. So that's bridgewebs.com forward slash Galway. And if you want to contact Gay on his email address, it's gaykeev, K-E-A-V, mm. at gmail.com. And the phone number is 86 8923. That's 086-381-8923. Gay, thank you very much for coming in and uh, imparting all your wisdom uh, <laughs> with us today. Thank you. Not at all. Thanks okay. yourself. This has been a Solid Hill Media original podcast and production. <laughs>